Welcome to Author Tutorials. This is a podcast that's dedicated to simplifying orthopedics to medical students and medical officers. My name is Ezekiel Oburo. I am an orthopedic surgeon at the University of Nairobi. And our topic of today is tibial shaft fractures. Now, let me give a small background as to why I decided to start this podcast. When I was a medical student, that is many years ago in the 90s, one of the things that I found frustrating, although I must commend my teachers for trying their best to teach me, was really sifting what a medical student should know, what a postgraduate should know, and what a consultant should know. There was quite a bit of knowledge, and many a times when I I attended the word rounds, I found that I was inundated with so much knowledge when I went to my room, I was scared. This was uh, made worse by uh, some of the discussion groups that I attended involving my colleagues, where some people who really like to read the difficult books came and really uh, talked about what they had read, the difficult stuff they had read, the complicated things they had read, and I really do not know what was my level. So I said one day if I had a chance to teach orthopedics, I will try and simplify it. Now, fast forward and about 25 years or so, certainly more than 20 years later, and the amount of knowledge has really exploded. And therefore, I think that it is important for the medical student to really know what he should know and what is really beyond his level and should be what is for the registrar or the fellow or even the consultant. Without much ado, let me proceed now to discuss tibial shaft fractures. Now, in another episode, I have already discussed open fractures. So today, I will try and limit myself to closed tibial shaft fractures. Obviously, this may overlap a little bit because tibial shaft uh, fractures are the most common long bone fractures, and there is a very high incidence of these fractures presenting uh, as open fractures up to 12 to 47% in some series. The mechanism of injury is usually a road traffic accident, especially among the young people, but they do have a bimodal distribution. In patients who are less than 30 years of age, it's usually high energy. In patients who are more than 50 years of age, it may be low energy spiral fractures. So how do we evaluate these patients. Always remember the ATLS protocol, especially if it is a high energy injury. Now, in the history, we want to find out what is the mechanism of injury, high versus low energy. Is it just an isolated uh, injury or polytrauma? Even if the injury is very dramatic, it may be open. Remember that the other things which may be more life-threatening to the patient, like the airway, and the circulation before you deal with the injury. Remember to do, to look at the age of the patient, whether the patient is diabetic or not, whether they smoke, uh, whether there is uh, any obesity or any other uh, comorbidities. What about uh, physical examination? Obviously, you want to check whether the fracture is open or closed. And then you want to check for pain. Remember compartment syndrome. Never miss compartment syndrome. Even when the injury is open, there may be compartment syndrome. The five P's 
of compartment syndrome are pain, pallor, paresthesia, paralysis, and pulselessness. But remember, the most important one of these is pain. If a patient is obtunded, the patient is in coma, one may need to do compartment uh, syndrome pressures to establish whether or not the patient has compartment uh, syndrome. Remember also that the other aspects that you want to have a look at, you want to check uh, soft tissue injury and then you want to do a vascular exam and then you also want to look at a neurological exam. It's amazing that sometimes when I ask medical students, they can explain some very difficult and complicated concepts even in orthopedics, but when I ask simple things of how do you test this now or what region um, of the skin or what uh, dermatome is supplied by uh, by the what nerve, they, they, they are unable to tell me. So please remember the basics before even the complicated things. What about x-rays? Make sure you do an AP and a lateral x-rays. Remember that you need to do the joint above and the joint below because uh, there could be uh, a fracture involving the ankle or a fracture near the knee. Do you ever do CT scans? Yes, sometimes, especially when we've got a fracture near the articular uh, surfaces, either at the knee or at the ankle. What about a vascular exam? When you're in doubt, you may choose uh, other ways to evaluate the vascular system, like a Doppler or ankle brachial index, or even if the patient is going for um, uh, what are the associated whole body injuries? You may ankle injury, uh, decide to do floating knee, uh, angular ligamentous injury to the knee, and proximal tibiofibular joint disruption. Now, what's the classification of these fractures? Really, there are many classifications. I would just say an anatomical classification is uh, sufficient. Uh, there is an AO classification, but the AO classification is a little bit complex. And if you can remember it, well and good. If you can't, please do not be too stressed about it. Remember, uh, Gustillo's classification for open fractures, that we have discussed in another episode um, concerning open fractures. So what are the treatment options? Treatment options are either non-operative or intermodalary nailing or plate fixation or external fixation. And the non-operative option is valid. You know, if a patient has got adequate alignment and length, then um, a splint or a cast may do if the soft tissues can also tolerate uh, the cast if a patient is high anesthetic risk and there are patients who just do not want operative treatment. Traditionally, there was a parameter set in which we, if the patient is uh, has about less than 5 degrees varus or valgus malalignment, less than um, 5 to 10 degrees procavatum or recavatum, uh, less than 0 to 10 degrees rotation and shortening less than 10 to 12 millimeters. And I think that these have really been popularized in the past. I'm not quite sure that um, many people would accept this. Certainly, uh, shortening 
that advocated really would not be accepted. And I think studies have actually shown that patients who have operative uh, fixation do better than patients who've got non-operative fixation. So I think that people are generally moving away from non-operative fixation, especially in adults, because what was acceptable parameters in the past is probably not acceptable. Now, now what's a non-operative um, treatment? Non-operative treatment involves a well-molded long-length cast, and uh, this uh, should be followed up closely. I uh, see the patients once a week for the first uh, three weeks, just carefully uh, following up the patients to ensure that uh, the fracture does not displace and remains in good uh, alignment. So after about four to six weeks, one may convert the patient to a Samiento cast or a patella tendon bearing cast. Uh, this will allow the knee to move. Remember, one of the problems that sometimes we have when these patients have not been followed up closely is they may be seen in the clinic with a cast that's been above the knee for even up to 10 weeks. So one of the complications that they will get is knee stiffness. So always remember that change these patients to a Samiento cast once the cast, once the fracture is a little bit sticky. Now, like I said, the gold standard is intramedullary uh, nailing. Uh, and really, there are many indications for this. Severe initial displacement, if you cannot reduce it, adequately closed. Uh, open fractures, especially Gustilo 1, Gustilo 2. Uh, patients with vascular injuries, uh, if the soft tissues does not allow cast applications. Patient is not cooperative with close treatment and patient requires early return uh, to activity. So, um, what are the complications that may arise uh, from tibial uh, shaft uh, fractures? One, you may get a deep infection, especially if it was open or if you've done operative fixation. You may get an union, you may get malunion and anterior knee pain. There are other ways that we may manage these fractures like uh, external fixators or plates, uh, but really that's the scope beyond, the, that is beyond the scope of uh, these lectures for an undergraduate. Suffice it to say that if the fracture is near the joint, either the knee or the ankle, the easier way may be to do uh, plate fixation. So that in brief is uh, tibial shaft fractures, uh, common fracture with a bimodal distribution, intermedullary nail is the gold standard, uh, open reduction and fixation with a plate uh, may be used for very distal or very proximal fractures. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.